Hello and welcome back to Red Devils Talk, brought to you by the Elite Football Show. I hope you're all doing very well during this lockdown. We have got another fantastic show for you today. Finally, feels like the mo the longest international break I can ever remember is over. The first week was nice to get away from United a little bit, but I'm telling you, this last week has gone so slowly. So, we're only three of us today. Well, obviously, including myself, four. Paulie will be over in shortly. Kieran, how are you, mate? I haven't seen you for a while. How... Have you found the international break? <laughs> I hate the international break because unless it's a a World Cup or a Euros, I just find them so boring because obviously Ireland, they're so crap. So I hate watching international football. Yeah, that's um, unfortunate. Honestly, even most United fans that when I'm at the games and it kind of comes up, I don't think many prefer, like watching England play. So there's probably a lot in the exact same um, kind of situation that i am is the more club football the better even when united are playing like crap it's better than watching international football so true jamie good evening mate nice to see you here again and heli as well as always good evening hope you're doing well i hope norway win for your sake uh joe hello mate how are you how are you feeling going into this game this weekend yeah, I mean, if you look at it from a United perspective, obviously we finished on a high before the international break, so no reason not to feel more confident about this, apart from the fact that we've, we've struggled at home, obviously, this season. I don't think we've won a game in the league at home yet this season, so I suppose that sort of puts a bit of a dampener on it, but I don't know. I'm confident this weekend we will get something. I don't think it will be as convincing as a lot of people might think or a lot of people might like, but I do fancy us to get the result this weekend. And it's just, it's for, for it's an important game, really, because it's an ideal game for us to get some players into the team that we need to see play and also for us to try and work out a way of playing and maybe find a blueprint against teams at home. Because I think, it, like I said, it will be a tougher game than a lot of people expect. So, if we can pick up three points here, it might do us some good. Yeah, completely agree with that. And Mark, how are you, mate? Sorry that you're getting covered by the Red Devils talk sign. Um, but how are you doing? How are you feeling? Because I feel like the international break in some ways came at a bad time because United had a fantastic victory against Everton. But um, these are the games usually where we, we struggle, aren't they? The ones against the West Broms at home where you're expected to win. <laughs> Unfortunately, you know, sometimes things don't go your way. But are you feeling confident that United are finally going to be putting a run together like we need to? Because it's about time that we, you know, really start to challenge the, go the guys above us. Yeah, I'm confident um, for several reasons. Um, we play well against Everton um, and I'm hoping we're going to bounce back. Well, we're going to come in with, with that same mentality. Um, our record after an international break is pretty good. Um, and yeah, it's, it's about time that we, we do start getting a, a runner form and some, and some points together. Um, and also, um, this is going to be a test where West Brom are struggling for points. Um, they're probably going to try and come at us because they know uh, home form is woeful. And um, but this could be another opportunity to really show that we can bre uh, break down the lower block teams. So I am I am confident. I'm always confident going into a game. Sometimes I'm let down, but I, but I do like Joe has said and Kieran. I I feel pretty confident, and I and I think that we should come out um, winners comfortably. Hopefully, you haven't jinxed it there, Jaina. How are you? Nice to see you in the comments. Uh, Laurie, Laurie Babes. Lol, if I was bullish, I'd put those comments around the changing room to motivate the players. That's probably from Joe, isn't it? Uh, hopefully, yeah. hopefully that we'll get the win. And Jamie said here, Billich is clever sometimes. I think Billich is a, is actually a very good manager. And that's where we're going to go into now, guys. We're going to talk about West Brom a little bit because we want to give more of an insight into how they're going to set up. I think, Kieran, the misconception is that West Brom are going to go and play a low block and they're going to sit deep. But I think from what we've seen this season, they're going to do anything but that. So are you able to give the listeners a bit of a breakdown in what you expect to, you know, to see from West Brom, how they play against the bigger sides and uh, how they play against the smaller sides so, so the listeners have a better idea of how West Brom are going to set up. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I just kind of, I looked at all the games they played in the Premier League this year, so I didn't bother looking at like Carabao Cup or anything. Um, and just from the start, so against Leicester, they played a 5-4-1. Against Everton, 5-4-1. Chelsea, 5-4-1. But then this is where it changes. Southampton, 4-2-3-1. Uh, 
Burnley 4141, uh, Brighton 4141, and Fulham 4141. So you look at those, and even against Tottenham, they went back to kind of the more conventional kind of kind of five four one um in terms of having that kind of five at the back. So looking at those, you would expect that's the way they would start. Now the one I the one game I looked at because I thought stylistically it might be most kind of close to United was the West Brom and Everton game. Now if anyone can remember back from that time really the sending off kind of changed that game. But for the first 35 minutes or so, it was really, really close. They didn't give um, Everton a lot of the ball, or they didn't give them a lot of space. They were able to compact that midfield, but also what they're doing is they do press very high. Now, in that game against Everton, they use Callum Robinson. You've seen in other games, I think against Tottenham, they use Grant to do that, and Robinson was on the bench. But it's not just where they have the one or two pressing up high. They actually press with four attackers. So what they do is they have their striker kind of press on the ball playing center half. So against Everton, that was against Michael Keane. Against us, obviously, that's going to be Harry Maguire. But then the other aspect of it is their next two players that press actually press on the kind of holding midfielders. So you saw that happen with Gomez and Alan for Everton. Now... The problem that we have is that if they do that against Fred and McTominay, um, that's been where we've struggled when we haven't been able to get through the press. And generally what happens is that once you get through the press, and everything did on occasion, but the problem was that the defensive shape was actually pretty good and it was hard for everyone to create the space. Now, everyone had... The difference really was the quality. The quality of the players were Evan were able to break through that defense, um, and able to get the goals. Obviously, they got more once more space came about because of the sending off. It became very easy. The same thing happened against Leicester. First thirty-five minutes, it was really really tough. It was if we remember, I think that game was three 0 to Leicester. But it was really really tough for the first thirty-five minutes, but then Leicester were able to kind of change it a little bit. Tielemans was unbelievable in that game i think he it was probably one of his best games for leicester being able to kind of disrupt that west brom press but the second part of it is that because they press so high especially for kind of kickouts it's really difficult for the goalkeeper because they pretty much pressed the two center halves they actually they press whoever they think is more dangerous as one of the wing backs they'll leave one of them um but then so you have your kind of one wing back, your two center halves, and your two kind of holding midfielders for United's case, kind of occupied by West Bromwich players. So they're going to try and force De Gea to kick it long, which they did against Everton with Pickford. And Pickford just wasn't good enough in actually kind of supplying the ball. And West Brom were able to win because of their defensive shape. They're able to win the ball pretty quickly from Everton. And you saw in that first kind of 20 to 30 minutes that West Brom had a lot of chances. And if United aren't careful, the same thing will happen. You saw it against Chelsea. They went 3-0 up against Chelsea because they stuck with that defensive shape. They're they're probably one of the hardest working teams defensively. And against, if you're not really on it, if you look at any of West Brom's games, I think the only problem with them is the quality isn't there. The actual shape defensively and the tactics are right there. They work but the problem is if you don't have the players to carry it out for 90 minutes, it's, it's difficult. And they've come up against teams that just have that little bit of extra quality. You saw that with Spurs, everyone who was watching fantasy football, hoping for um, Kane or Son to do really, really good. It was a really difficult game for them to get into. And it just came to a late goal for Harry Kane. The same thing can happen. Look, if United score early, I think it will be a pretty easy game for United because then space starts to open up. But this is the type of game that if United make a mistake early on and concede a goal or it's nil off for a while, it'll be a very, very tricky game. And you could see it being a draw or United losing. Again, it comes to will United be quick enough on the ball? Will the passing be kind of more precise? And will it be able to get through that kind of defensive system? If United can do that and create chances, they should be able to win the game. 
But if they can't break through that press, which we've seen before, it's going to be a very difficult game. And re- kind of going through West Brom's tactics and kind of what they've done actually worried me because of the way we play. Because of when you put pressure on Fred and McTominay and they can't get through that press and the passing isn't quick enough, which we've seen plenty of times, there's a problem. Watching the Everton game back versus West Brom, the one player that actually could help United if he plays might be Juan Mata because he plays in a very similar role to James Rodriguez. And James was able to kind of get through West Brom fairly easily because he was getting into those spaces. I don't think Mata will start, but he could be an option to kind of come off the bench and actually lead United to kind of getting a goal in later in the game. Fantastic insight. Thank you very much, Kieran. Guys, get your comments in. Uh, Joseph Simmons, hello, mate. Nice to see you here. Cavani to get his full debut. Joe, that's definitely an option, isn't it, for United? I think possibly playing with a more traditional number nine, someone who can hold the ball up a little bit better, a bit more of a focal point. Not to say Martial doesn't do that, but I think maybe, you know, possibly going for someone like Cavani, and if Rashford's out, maybe shifting Martial to left could be an option. But, but with West Brom, I think they have got a lot of weaknesses, obviously. They're sitting at the foot of the table or in the bottom three. And uh, the big thing for them, although they've scored a lot of goals defensively, they have struggled while the shape's there, but they're, they're full and full of mistakes. They're littered with mistakes. And I think when you look at some of their weaknesses, you know, finishing is one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, defending through balls, defending against skillful players, uh, set pieces as well has been a problem for them. So these are areas where United should be able to, in theory... They should be able to exploit. We've got skillful players. We've got players who can play those through balls. So looking at all of that, I mean, are you worried going into games? Is there anything in particular from West Brom that worries you? Is it more actually to do with what United do? Is it more that will United turn up? Because I think that's what it is most of the time. Will United start quickly? Will they have uh, you know, the, the impetus? Will they have the bit between their teeth to really go and attack this attack the opposition from you know from the first go? Because the problem with United is they either start really slow or they start very quick and they tail off. Yeah, and I think yeah. that is a problem. And if you tail off against West Brom, a side will be well up for it. Anyone that comes to Old Trafford, doesn't matter who they are, they'll go and play their best game. They'll work the hardest that they work. They'll press. They'll do everything they can because playing Man United is your final. Is that a worry for you going into it? Oh, yeah. United are a team where if they're not on it from the very beginning or on it at all in a match, like they, they, they will lose games because they don't have that quality, unfortunately, at the moment to be able to, you know, beat teams when they're not playing well, if you know what I mean. We've seen it a few times already this this season. And I was quite confident about it until I listened to Kieran's analysis that was brilliant, by the way, and, and talking about the way that they like to set up. And like you say, it seems like on paper it's our worst nightmare. But, as, I mean, obviously, Kieran's stuff was great. But, I, you know, the way I see it, I'm looking at, actually, this might not necessarily be about formations. This might be about who's available for both teams as well, by the way. I mean, I'm looking... I think we had some comments earlier that there's some suggestions that maybe both Rashford and Martial may be a doubt for this one. We've obviously had Cavani going away with Uruguay. There's been positive tests within the Uruguay squad. So that's three forwards who could potentially, you know, be struggling. I'm looking at West Brom. West Brom, I think, could be potentially without Mateus Pereira, who is a, a massive player for them, a key player for them. Um, I think uh, Ivanovic, I'm not sure how much he's been playing, but he's also been isolating um, as well alongside that. And Callum Robinson apparently is sort of a little bit behind at the moment and may not be fit. So both teams have a way that they want to play this game. And like you said, United might want to play with a number nine, but actually what it, it might come down to is finding a formation with players you've got available. I think they could be quite a lot of players for both teams missing out here. We know, obviously, at left-back... I think a well, lot of teams are going to be going through that at the moment, aren't they? I think that's every, well, look, every, look at Liverpool every week now, I think. We're, yeah, yeah. So I Liverpool think, have got so many players out, haven't they? The, the mm-hmm. formation, I mean, obviously, Kieran did it brilliant there. He looked at how they play against different sides or whatever. It, it might not be so much how we line up against them. It might just be the players that we've got available will dictate the formation come the weekend, if you know what I mean. So I'd, I'm interested to see who's available who plays. I'm excited if Tellez plays. I've really enjoyed his debut against PSG. So if he can get another sort of 60 minutes, 90 minutes under his belt, I'll be interested to see what he can do. And if Cavani plays with Tellez, that could be really good as well. You know what I mean? We've talked about that before. So yeah, actually, I mean, we can look at it all day about how both teams want to set up and how they want to play and how they've played all season. But both teams could actually be without a fair few players this weekend. And it'll be really interesting to see how they both line up. 
Yeah, I agree. Mark, you got anything to add to that in terms of from United's perspective? Because this is really a must win and we should be expecting a win, shouldn't we? Anything but a win and that's unacceptable. Yeah, well, um, you know, th these are games that you always kind of insist that United should go to and, and get three points out of. And this is a problem we've had in the last couple of seasons. We seem to play well against the big six and and struggle against the lesser teams. Um, I, I'm, I'm a little bit more concerned now and I'm not as confident as when I first went in after those comments from everybody. So, I mean, if Cavani is having to isolate Rashford and Martial, or, you know, whatever the issues are with them, Mason's going to have to step up if he's available. I don't really know. I mean, who else do you put up there? Yeah, I think he's available. He's back in training today, so I think he should be all right. Okay. But whether... I think he's been back Monday, is it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. And also, I think, you know, just this idea that, obviously, it's more with Mason at the moment, seems to be what's going on there with him, doesn't it? Rather than necessarily being a fitness thing, I think it's more... Yeah, but the know, new PlayStation just came out, so how much sleep is he getting? Exactly, That's true. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Look, um, I, th I think the, the one thing with Mason is you have to realise is that kid's gone through a pretty tough time. Like, yeah. he's... And I know there's been a lot of talk about what, what happened with one of his friends who I can't remember what team that he played for, but that committed to us. I think it was last uh, Jeremy Whiston from Man City. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of players around that age group that were very close to him. So, and then what with the other stories coming out, that can't be easy. So I think it's, it's one that it might take time for Mason to get back in the mindset because anyone who's had that happen, I know, I know have that that's happened to and it does mess with you so he's only a kid so i think you would prefer if some of the older players were available and that he could kind of ease himself back into it yeah it, i think joe's spot on it's really going to come down to who's available like haters right this is you look at the you look at the fixture list it's west brom at home they haven't won a game uh they're all the way at the bottom of the table if we don't win this game it's really bad but you know, Martial trained on his own on Monday and, and missed the game last night for France, coming off of a wonderful performance where the Champs didn't look like he was treating that game last night as a dead rubber, which it was, which is ridiculous. Um, so the fact that he missed the game, not a good sign. Rashford, you know, hobbled off uh, against Everton, then ridiculously had to go to England camp just to be like, Hey guys, my shoulder's bad for them to be like, you're right. Your shoulder's bad. Why don't you go rest it? Uh, and I've, I've heard it's just a little niggle and he'll be back. I've heard he could be a doubt. Um, so you look, you all of a sudden look around like who's available. Like, yeah. Cavani has been, what is it? 12 Uruguayans have tested positive now. I mean, yeah. it, it's the same question now. Obviously so they handled stupid. it. Right. Obviously, they handled it well last month um, with Portugal when Ronaldo tested positive. When I was sitting here saying, like, look, we need Bruno Fernandes in the team, but is it – we need him to play against Newcastle. We need him to play against PSG, but is it, safe, is it smart to even have him around the team right now? Because yeah. what if he is positive and he spreads it around? That's Cavani. Like, are you capable of bringing Cavani around the team right now? considering that we know that the Uruguayan players and staff were not being smart and safe with everything. Uh, and that's three forwards right there. So I, I, I know we've got some comments that are, you know, making jokes that Dan James might be starting up front, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Dan James yeah, starting we're up front. For a little while, have we? Yeah, you might no. have to get your boots, Paul, in uh, and get up to get over to the UK. You might have to do it. Uh, I mean, I've I've got I'm like Dan James. I've got pace. Dan James is a bit faster than me. I've got pace. Once it comes to me, I'm pretty useless. Yeah, we don't need another goalkeeper, mate. We're all right in that department. On the field too, but like once the ball comes to me, like if I can't beat you with pace, like I'm pretty useless. I um I think it's sort of so it's sort of slow for United, really. You know, West Brom haven't really got any points yet, and um they need a win. It's about to come at some point. And as I said, it will be sods law that they get it against United. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's case, really, it is always the case. And, and and that's a frustrating thing at the moment. But um, as you've all mentioned, we, we do need to 
start well and start as we mean to go on. I really hope that, you know, the the confidence we would have got from Everton and, you know, I guess it is a different team, a team that will attack you and, and we were able to break them down and, and play very well. Um, and it is going to be, unfortunately, uh, it's so strange, isn't it? You know, being more concerned about the teams that will, um, that, are, that are sort of, you expect United to be and um, and it, yes, concerning, but um, we, yeah, we just need to get a really good start. And I really hope um, my man uh, Donny starts because I think he'd be perfect. It is, it is frustrating. And it's also frustrating, like, because we, we've all, I think all of us are in agreement to say right now, why the effing F are we playing international football? And this has been, I mean, if this if this international break ended, money. ended on Saturday, yeah, it's exactly what it is. Is FIFA's looking around and saying, "Hey, the leagues and UEFA, they're getting their money. Like we should get ours too." If this break ended on Saturday, like it would be bad for United, but not catastrophic. The last two three days have been way worse. Like things have gone have gone way worse. It's not just bad for us. I mean, this has been a horrible break for Liverpool. They've lost a lot of players. City have lost. Yeah. Some player, but this is this is the problem with this season. Is is it's you know really catastrophic for us because we're playing in you know the teams that are playing in Europe. We're playing twice a week, and those are the teams that have players that are good enough to be called up to their national teams. You know, Jack Grealish, Gareth Southgate, thank you, is running Jack Grealish into the ground. But that's you know other than him and Tyrone Mings, that's all Villa have to worry about, and West Brom don't have to worry as much. Yes, they have a few internationals here and there, but you know the teams of that, you know the teams of lesser stature, are built better to come out of this because they just don't have as many players going away. To, yeah, it's true. not just the injuries; it's the fact that like you, this virus oh, is just spreading amongst these teams. Well, when, and, guys, when's it going to change though? Because you know, never. is it going to take for a player to get seriously ill? It's is that look, when they're going to change it? Well, 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 well I mean, we're not going it. on international football again till March. So, like, if, you know, at it's, this point, it's too late. There's only one way this was ever going to change, and it's the most drastic situation is if somebody died. That's yeah, the problem. that's exactly it. I think that's Gary the Neville only way they would ever change that. And, that. and that's a really bad approach, isn't it, really? The poor the poor people. Like, you, sh- you shouldn't be... Or if, or if somebody's... If, and sorry to be cynical and, and dark here, but if somebody's family member died then maybe we would see the players take a different approach if so if you know if a wife or someone else got it um and the players were like well wait i can go to work get sick and and bring this home to my family but think about it one of the global superstars cristiano ronaldo got it and they've decided to do it again and keep having people go you've had mo salah now get it how many more of Kind big, of big, big one though. He's an absolute machine, isn't he? he, well, he name a star player. Off. Name a star player. They've got uh, other than Messi, Ronaldo, Neymar, Thiago. They've all gotten it. Well, yeah, no. it's and it, I, I don't know. Like I said, I think it's the only time they'd ever stop it if it was the most drastic situation. I think. It's going to have to come to the point of where clubs are going to have to be the ones to be strong and say, we're not sending our players out because we're looking after their health. And that's, I think clubs have to be stronger on that, especially when you see Don't clubs you get, like, have suspended by this. Can't you get suspended if you miss an international match, though? And you're really fined. I don't think yeah. though, then it's, it's, it's those teams who decide not to take the field. There's always an ulterior motive, isn't it? Remember when we had the big debate at the start of restarting the Premier League? The bottom six didn't want us restart because they thought that if they were relegated, it wouldn't be fair. And like everyone, if if anyone says I'm not playing, everyone's going to be like, right, why don't that team want to play? There's more to it than the COVID, if you know what I mean. The, the teams just get questioned and questioned, don't they? Absolutely, yeah. guys. We're going to move on because uh, we've got to talk about United. I do agree with that. And there's some interesting comments. Joseph, I completely forgot that Igalo existed. Worst I did too. When I saw that comment. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. that's true. He's there. He'd probably be a good striker for a good fit for that game. Um, so let's yeah. hope we see him. Okay, guys, let's move on. And we're going to talk about the midfield options and the defensive options. We're going to start with defensive options first because. There might be a few injuries, you know, coming in. Like, for example, Victor Lindelof, um, 
I believe he was holding his back about 65 minutes in to the game the other night, and he could be a doubt. We obviously don't have Paulie's son, Luke Shaw, playing, which is a, a big, big loss for United. Possibly if Tellez, I believe Tellez can play, he hasn't been uh, ruled out for COVID as negative test, positive test. I don't even know what's going on. I don't think anyone knows what's going on. So I'm going to start with you, Paulie. I mean, how do you expect United to really set up their defence? I'm going to do this this way. Paulie and Kieran, I'll come to you about the defence. And Mark and Joe, will talk about the midfield. Um, and then we'll, we'll, we'll summarise at the end. But Paulie, could you see us going with three or four going into this game? <laughs> Three, four, five, six, six, I guess, would surprise me. Two or six would surprise me. Anything else would not surprise me. I mean, it, 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 yeah, there's defensive issues, but like everything is interconnected and everything has an effect on something else. So, you know, like if Martial and Rashford aren't available, what are you doing up front? And does that mean you have to change your shape up front? Does that, so maybe you were going to, you were settled on, on a four or a three. And then because now Martial can't play, you need to make it, you know, now that I remember that he is alive. Thank you, uh, Joseph, for bringing that to our attention. Maybe you're able to plug him in, but maybe you, you do, maybe you have to change to a diamond and maybe you were set on a three. Now you have to set up in a diamond. How to line up. This is the, you know, this is the difference between us as fans and, and what the manager's job is, because we are looking at this as how, what is the team that I should pick for West Brom? Because we're looking at it as West Brom and that game will happen. The result will happen. We'll all react. Uh, if they, if it doesn't go well, then everybody's going to go all up in arms, but the manager has to look at I've got West Brom on Saturday. I've got Istanbul on Tuesday. I've got Southampton the next week. What's the best route for this team? And Paulie, also, you got to look at the analytics, which is what they'll be doing when it comes to selection. Harry Maguire's playing tonight. And what, that's that's three three days now before the game. So, you know, these things have got to be looked at. And you think Harry Maguire's not playing? Oh, he's 100% playing. <laughs> Ollie's going to I mean, what if he gets injured? Though? Do you know what I mean? Like Maguire's, yeah, well, Maguire seems yeah. to be a player that gets overplayed. I mean, he's always playing for England. I mean, that's um, the other thing is Paul Pogba just played three times. He played he played two full games and 55 minutes of another game. Now, you could say, well, we needed him to get match fit, and we did. Um, but he's played three times in six days. That's a lot. Um, so, yeah, like there's so many things to look at. So when we sit here as, as fans and we, we're looking at West Brom, they are looking at everything else. So – Obviously, the easy thing to say is if Alex tell it, we don't know what the hell's going on with Alex tell us it was a positive test, negative test. Then they said it might have been a false positive. I'm I didn't know that you could get COVID uh, so soon again after originally having it. Why we let him fly to Brazil where he came on in the 96th minute and it was yeah, one of those like, here's a sub, throw the ball in, there's the whistle, and that's all his part. So we're going to make him spend what 28 combined hours on an airplane for that yeah ridiculous. right after he just i mean he recovered from covid to travel to goodison park with us wasn't fit enough to be in the match day squad he has played less than a minute of senior football of senior football in the last month he uh, and added what he played 66 minutes against psg so he's played 67 minutes since the beginning of uh september of October, you know, at deadline day, he went back to uh, Brazil and he, he came on as a sub a, a few times. So he, can you get 90 minutes out of him? The easy answer is, hey, you slot Alex Tellez and this is exactly why we got him so that we, you know, whether if, if Tellez can't play, Luke Shaw can play. If Luke Shaw can't play, Tellez can play. Can't, but now you're saying, well, we have to put, you know, we're going to need width and a player of Tellez's car caliber with his skill set to break down Istanbul. So if Tellez can't go 90, if, if you, if Tellez can't go 90 minutes or if playing him 90 minutes is going to rule him out of Istanbul, then do you play him? And and that's the question yes. that, that Ali has to, has to wrestle with is, do you start him? Do you, what, what maybe would be your selection then? If you had to pick um, and you're predicting what, okay. What do you think will be the selection? I'm not going to ask what you think Ollie's is because that's, that's too difficult. To I, I genuinely don't know. Like he might, you know, he's been looking at Scotland and how they've been playing with McTominay as that, as that right center back. So maybe if, if he says Tellez can't play, we're going to go back three with Williams as a wing back. 
and we'll bring and we'll put McTominay in there, uh, and we'll put McTominay in there as the as the third center back. Or maybe he says we'll put Matic in there as the third center back, uh, so that we have a left footer there. Or maybe he just says, you know what, we played Matic as the second center back against Istanbul, like. And maybe he st- and maybe he just goes bold and starts him there because again you don't know if Lindelof is fit. Like there is nothing he can do here that surprise that would surprise me. So I will go out on a limb and I will say Aaron Wan Bissaka will play, Harry Maguire will play, Axel Twanzebi will play. I don't know where Axel Twanzebi will play. I w- if if Lindelof can go, yeah. I wouldn't be shocked to see Twanzebi slot in as the left back. Um, I, I genuinely don't know. Yeah, Paulie. Uh, sorry. Kieran, that's why I was going to ask you. This is a massive opportunity for Axel, isn't it? But we saw him come on at left back against um, who was it against? Was it against Istanbul? Everton. No, Everton. 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 He came and, on and he against the Arsenal last year. I mean, he had yeah. that bad turnover, but bad pass he, the rest of the game, the rest of the game, he was good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, Kieran, could you possibly see that? I mean, look, it's actually quite. Oh, Jamie's just saying Maguire down injured. Let's hope yeah, that he's, he's all right. Oh, yep. Right. I just saw that on oh, my phone. Oh, God. yeah, he's fine. He's fine. But, you know, look, looking at it now, it's really worrying because the COVID aspect has added an extra layer, which we, we have to talk about in these podcasts now. Because when it comes to selection, I mean, Mark's dropped off somewhere. I don't know where he's gone. But um, yeah, you look at the selection now and you, you're having to add this. You know, we do a fantasy football podcast and you have to think about where, when these South American players travel as well. It takes them a little bit longer to get back, etc. Sometimes they play like a little bit later so that they're back a day later. So, I mean, how are you lining up? Would you risk Pink Axel? Because Pink Axel left left um, left back again is just a little bit defensive for me. I'd be tempted to go and bring in Williams, but I mean, he's been left out in the cold completely. What would you be doing? It's actually kind of a big dilemma here. Yeah, it's it's a tricky one because, like Polly says, it's from going basically two weeks without. Premier League football to then having three games in the space of about 10 days. So it's it's a tricky one, but I think it always seems that that first game back after the international break is you play the players that are fit enough to go and play as much of the game. And really the only players that we know of for that right now are probably Aaron Wambasaka and Axel Tuanzebi because the rest we're not sure of. I, I can't remember what the situation is with Eric Bailly because he's been out for the last couple of weeks. He's hurt. Yeah, so he's hurt as well. So there's really not that many options. You're not going to be bringing in, for example, um, Mengi Did won't be coming Mengi? on. He won't Mengi because play. he's playing today. He's playing today game. and not well. Yeah, he is. Yeah, so yeah they're about 4-0 down to Morecambe, aren't they? Or something ridiculous like that. Yeah, it's... Look, I think in that one, it's, there a lot of the young kids getting is the first time they're welcome to senior football exactly properly getting tackled um they're ba- uh, from what i've been reading about they're being bullied um off the park so which is normal it happens when it's a bunch of kind of 17 18 year olds but defensively it's it's tricky because the only two that i i could probably confidently say would probably play would be iron one basaka and axel two and Zabi. I'm assuming that Harry Maguire will start as well because it, unless he has a serious injury, he generally plays. Um, the Victor Lindelof one is, an, is a tricky one, actually, because you look at it the last couple of weeks and he has had some niggling injuries as well where he's been on the bench. Um, so it's, it's a, it is a tricky one. Personally, I think if they think that Alex Tellez is going to be one of the keys for the Istanbul game prefer us to start him if he's obviously if he passes his kind of if there's more COVID tests that he has to pass I would prefer that and then if you can score and kind of get the game wrapped up and taking him off and then maybe bringing Brandon on that's probably the best case scenario um or you could look at it the other side where you start Brandon and then the last kind of 20 minutes or 25 minutes you bring Tellas on to kind of whip a lot of the crosses in it's it's one of those that, like Polly said at the start, I don't know if we're going to play a three or four or five. I'm assuming we're going to play a four um, because I think United will want to try and attack and because they're going to need to win this game. Um, but it is one of those that I don't think 
there's not many selections in the defense that would surprise me. I think the only one at this point is that if Phil Jones starts, that's the only one that would surprise well, me. Well, he's not eligible. And he's not eligible. So if we got so, special dispensation, I'd be a little surprised. Yeah. So imagine if we did though, if we announced that we got special dispensation for Phil Jones, how crazy Twitter would go on Friday. Get in about in about 20 minutes. Even if even if we like didn't leave, put him in the match day squad, just if we said like we got special dispensation to include Phil Jones in our Premier League squads now. If like we made that announcement on Friday, people would go berserk. Uh, it's it it is crazy. Like I just feel like the Tellers one. I don't think we're gonna know about that until he actually gets back to Manchester because, like you said, it's hard to know what the reporting is because I'm pretty sure within the same hour or day he tested positive and negative. So I assume that when he tested po- positive, it was just that he was still showing signs of. COVID and he didn't but then whatever it was 45 minutes later after that report another report comes out saying that he's tested negative so it's probably going to be one of those that all the players get tested the first day they come back so I think we're probably going to have to wait I would imagine when players come back from international duty there probably will be a couple players that do get ruled out before and remember, he's coming back from South America. That's like a fourteen-hour flight. It was. Pre- it's. It's always. I wouldn't been... be surprised if if Tellez doesn't play. Right, yeah, South Americans. It's, I'm not going to say they they never play, but like they, it's routine for them to not play. Not just at United, but across the Premier League. Um, it's routine for them to not play that first game back from an international break. Like we thought, you know, we were saying, oh, we have to travel back from Istanbul. I mean, he's traveling back from God only knows where. So he may not be up for it. And, and like Kieran said, like I, I'm pretty sure if you get in on Thursday, you know, you're getting a COVID test. You're not even training until Friday yeah. when you get cleared. So exactly. Well, I mean, Joseph's if, got if, good, if I had to good guess here, though, the back four was, I'd probably say Wamasaka, Tuanzebi, Maguire, and Brandon Williams. That would be my best guess for it. Just based yeah, on I kind of so. with Lindelof and some of the other stories that have come out. Yeah, I think so. Guys, we're going to move on to the midfield. Thank you for all your comments. Uh, I'm going to read out Joseph's again. It's not really fair playing 8 p.m. Saturday night when we have a game. Well, that's Tuesday. what you get for complaining that we played too early last time. Yeah. That was the, the prep. They, it was, and I said it as soon as it got announced. I said this was a big FU by the prep. Oh, you, you, you played too early last time. We'll give you the late game this time, except you're playing on yeah. Tuesday. Who's, who got the early game on Saturday? Was it Liverpool? Uh, maybe Chelsea. Because I know the other manager that complained. So it wouldn't be surprising. I if think Liverpool it's Chelsea because because Liverpool don't play till Wednesday, so like they can hold them off until Sunday. Yeah. If they want. The Worldwide Red Show says here, "Hello, mate. Uh, the FA does English sides in Europe no favors for the most part when there's money involved. All of this is about money, guys. Everything's about money. Why do helps their teams though? That's what I never get. What's Joe saying? We or Syria, they all help their teams before a European tie." But the Premier League have something up their ass that they don't like to help the big teams in the league. And I I don't understand it. They're the ones that make you the most money. Well, I mean, Joe and I spoke about this on on the happy hour last week. It's because of people like me and the folks in New York and the folks and some of our listeners, the folks in India. um, The fact that we are watching, they want to make sure that that, that, because we're watching Manchester United, we're not watching uh, West Brom. We'll watch them when they're playing United, but they want to make sure that United are on TV for the most eyeballs. It's it's all, it's it's, you know, you if you, it's have your cake and eat it too. Like it's one, it's not one or the other. They go hand in hand. How does that make sense then for the earlier game? Nothing to do with the FA. The FA lost all power of English football when they sold it sold to the Premier League mates now it, it's literally it's a shame but it's nothing to do with the FA whatsoever. the only thing the FA are responsible for here is selling the rights to football to the likes of the Premier League and everybody else mate so it's, I'm not having to go at Worldwide Reds but I'm just saying it's not really the FA the FA have no power over scheduling now yeah well that's well, going to one in the Premier League <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's why a smaller side could win it, you know, one that's playing once a week. Okay, guys, we're going to move on to midfield because I know Joe and Mark have been waiting very, very patiently. This is going to be an interesting one because I think after hearing what Kieran said about the way that West Brom play, we'll start with you, Mark. Um, you know, United, I really hope that United don't go for a McTominay and Fred double pivot. I really hope they don't because one, we're at home and two, we need to find a way 
to get some more creative players in that midfield for me. It's too it's too much of a safety first. And this is what Oli really needs to do. This is what he's paid to do. He's got to go and get the likes of Paul Pogba, Van der Beek, someone like that in the team. Jamie says here, Pogba definitely starts on Saturday. I think Pogba starts. I would start Pogba. Um, I know Kieran and Mark. He's just played three games, like Paul Lee said. Yeah, and he that's hasn't played well. In six days. Oh, well, he yeah. did. I think he played well for France, but like, yeah, but he's for, but not that confidence. But three games in six right. days, you're going to need him against Istanbul. Like, here's the thing if Pogba starts playing well, name me a game in, on our upcoming schedule where you don't need him. Like, that's the, yeah. so maybe this is the, is the one where you could get away with playing him for 25 minutes. Yeah, Mark, I'm going to bring you in. What are you thinking about the midfield options? I mean, what would you be doing? United need creativity. They need to dominate the game. Would you be going for Fred McTominay as a double pivot? Um, can you hear me all right, first of all? No. Sound very no. far away, mate. Really? Okay, hang on. Um, all right, so is that a bit better? I'll no. shout a little bit. Nope. Uh, Joe, oh, you will. Come back to me in a bit. Come back to me in a bit. Uh, go on, Joe. What was the question, mate? Sorry, because I, I wasn't... <laughs> <laughs> Come on! Sorry, mate. Talk to me about the midfield. Talk to me yeah, about the midfield. Yeah, I'm like you, mate. I don't really want to see necessarily a, a very defensive midfield in McTominay and Fred. I've said it before. We used to laugh at Manchester City under Mancini where they used to play Nigel De Jong and Gareth Barry in midfield for home games at the Etihad because they're doing all the attacking talent that they had. So, yeah, I don't want to see us do that. But you just wonder whether... That is the only way we can get some balance in our midfield. Compared. The evidence shows that that's been the best balance for us this season. And I'm like you guys, like we said earlier in the show, at the top of the show, I don't necessarily think West Brom are just going to come and sit back. So, it, 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 you know, we might need a bit of protection there for our back, back four, back three, back five, whatever you want to call it, whatever it'll be. So, I, I'm not sure. I mean, I would like to see... Um, Pogba play, I think it's a game where if he could play and play well, I think it would be good for him and, and good for his confidence like in terms of playing for United. He's obviously openly said that he's struggling with this at the moment. Obviously, it's a tough time in his career. So, he, you feel like he could do with a game or, or, or some minutes in a game where he could start to build some confidence. And, and if this game went to plan, then this is the type of game where that, that could happen. But... Yeah, I'm not sure. I would like to see. I wouldn't like to see two DMs in the shape of Fred and McTominay. I would like to see us be a bit braver. The problem is, if we are brave and we do start to get done early on in the game, how do you change that then? But you know what you should do is you look at that game against Spurs where West Brom came out and took it to Spurs, and they just could not score at all. Like they were, they were terrible. Like if they had half decent players, like it was as if their front four. They had four Andreas Pereiras. Like if if you just had one, if you had four Daniel Jameses, they would have scored a goal. Um, so maybe you you can get a little bit adventurous there and hope like and say, well, if we do, you know, Pog was playing better. The hope is Matic, you know, plays like he did against Leipzig and not like he did in any of the other games he's played this year, which I guess statistically speaking, not looking good. Um you hope that if there is like a small breakdown, you know, that West Brom aren't good enough to put it in the back of your net. Mate, don't say that because genuinely that's just tempting fate. The thing is, though, as World Wide Red says... You mean how I basically said Aubameyang will score against us? Yeah, and he did. Uh, we, only have, we only use a defensive double pivot to cover for the Lindelof Maguire partnership. Yeah, look, we, the problem is that, unfortunately, after the Spurs game, it's just kind of scared Ollie into going a bit more conservative. And it, Jamie's right, what he said earlier, that Ollie trusts Fred McTomney. And at the moment, they, they are our best midfielder, Bruno. But you've got to find a way to try and bring... Uh, I think you've got to try and bring more creativity into that midfield. Now, it really depends how West Brom play, doesn't it? I mean, Joe, if United are going to be given the ball, let's say if West Brom don't press, then you can't play Freddie McTominay. No, you can't no. be to, un to unlock no. how, how, like the th this is the problem that we had against Chelsea. How do you know that that's going to be how they play? Like, you didn't think Fred and McTominay were the wrong choice against Chelsea until the yeah. game started, and you're like, oh wow, Chelsea are not playing the way we thought they would, and this is bad. But that's where Oli has to make those changes early on. Yeah, this is what happens when you try and preempt, isn't it? When you you know, like you, you, you predict a team to play a particular way, and then they don't. It's, it's, it's probably easier for Ollie to sort of change it from McTominay to Fred to something else if the game is different. Where it's very difficult if he goes too attacking and we're just too open to then 
how does he justify, I don't know, taking someone... If we're 1-0 down at half-time, it's not going to look great if he's taking an attacking player off to, to shore things up, is it? Whereas if it's 0-0 at half-time, we can take a defensive player off and put a more attacking player. It just looks better. The, the problem is, is that when it's 0-0 at half-time or 1-0 at half-time, and it's clear that Fred and McTominay aren't doing it, he doesn't make that change at halftime. I know, yeah, but what I'm saying is, from us fans and us looking at the game afterwards, we're going to be much more happier to see him making a positive change rather than a change taking it back, if you know. But yeah, like you said, I mean, there's a lot of evidence out there to say that he's very hesitant to change games, isn't he? Sometimes but that's a massive. That's that is one thing. If there is uh, a criticism that you do have, well, you're going to Solskjaer, Mark. I'm going to bring you in. Hopefully, you don't sound like you're about five thousand miles away down a hole. But um, yeah, look, that is a that is one of the biggest things that a lot of people do say about Oli is that he doesn't change it. Or a lot of the changes are pre-planned. You know, it's as if he's coming to game thinking, right? So I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You got to react, and and you know, the best managers in the world do do that. You know, if United are going more conservative in World War Reds. I'm just going to call you Sean because I know you're Sean. Hello, Sean. Hello, mate. Uh, to be fair, I don't know why I just didn't know from the beginning. Um, Ollie's coached conservatively for most part since he was appointed full-time manager. So I expect him to pick the best team, sit back and try and counter. I disagree with that. I don't expect him to do that. Uh, we're at home. The onus is on us. We're playing, you know, some of the basement boys. Um, Mark, what is your thoughts on the midfield options? All right. Can you hear me all right now? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Cool. I, I just want to say I apologise. Sir, I really don't know what happened. It just died a death and turned into dial-up. So anyway, um, and firstly, you've just exposed Sean, and then you disagree with him. What a double whammy! Um, it's uh, it's gonna be uh, yeah. We we need to. I said this earlier. I don't know what you guys said earlier. I really don't hope we. I uh, really hope we don't um start with a double pivot. I think against a team like West Brom. I think it would be a prime opportunity to start with a single pivot and and really try and push forward. We've seen before, and I'm sure some of you guys may have already said this, that when we start with McTominay and Fred, we, we struggle to push the ball forward. And I think that against West Brom, we really need to start quickly and we need to go at them. So starting with those two would not be, but as Paulie said earlier, our views are probably a lot different to what Ollie is going to go with. Um, so I really hope he doesn't, you know, we've spoken about this a lot of times recently that um, as soon as you see that double pivot uh, of uh, Fred and, and McTominay, you're already in a bit of a defeatist mode and thinking, oh, OK, we're going to, you know, just um, sit back and, and come at us. But yeah, I, I agree with what you said. I don't think we, I don't think we are going to try and counterattack. I think we're going to be I think a lot of fans are going to be surprised just by how much they may attack us. But I think we're going to try and go at them, close them down and really set the tone. Um, just, at least I hope so. Can I just say something? Everybody keeps saying, oh, we don't need a double pivot. Like that, that term is being thrown around a lot. Like no matter what, we're getting a double pivot. Like even when it's yeah, it's, it's Pogba Matic, it's a double. Like, you know, it's not like we say Pogba yeah. just run free. Like he, he sits pretty deep. It's a matter of, is it Fred McTominay? But I have to say... I think Fred McTominay might be the right call in this game. Oh, God. Okay, Kieran, I'm going to bring you in. What, uh, wait. So, one thing I will say, Paulie, you are correct. I'll tell you why. Because Oli goes with 4 2 3 1. That's his preferred system. Jamie said here, 4 3 3 is way forward. It's not, though, because we don't have a mobile. We don't have the players to do it. Or we don't have quick <laughs> enough right centre backs. Winger. That's the problem. We need a right winger. Yeah. So, it's not. Oli's doing the right thing going 4 2 3 1. The deficiencies in the market are. Or where we didn't get a right winger, or we don't have one to start straight away, is really hurting us. And when Mason's not playing regularly with whatever's going on off off fields, Kieran, you know, the four two three one is right. And Paulie is correct. This idea of the single and double pivot, the double pivot is completely fine. There's no issues with the double pivot. There's no issues with the four two three one. The issues arise when you, the personnel that are playing. And if you want to execute more of an expansive game plan. Fred McTominay probably will start, but I, I still think you've got to put, bring Pogba in. I know you're not Pogba's biggest fan, and we're going to finish off for the last 10 minutes talking about Paul Pogba. I want everyone's views uh, quickly on Paul Pogba. Um, nobody else been talking about him recently. No, well, I, I haven't heard Kieran's <laughs> views, and I know myself and Kieran, and Mark, myself, Kieran and Mark, slightly argued on the group chat about Paul Pogba because I feel like he is the easy one to skate. But, but Kieran, first, talk to me about your midfield and what you'd go for, and uh, then just talk to me a little bit about Paul Pogba. Yeah, it's it's a tricky one. I actually agree with Polly. I think the right call is probably going to be Fred and McTominay. 
because the issue is you still need balance against a team like West Brom because they attack direct. They don't just once they win the ball, they're going for it as quick as they can. And the problem is with our defense is when we haven't had Fred McTominay kind of giving us that balance, we've looked terrible defensively. Um, it doesn't matter that it's West Brom. Just go back to the Istanbul game. Demba was able to rip us apart. So like, if he was able to do it, you've seen this West Brom team. They can attack. Look, they were terrible in front of goal against Tottenham, but then they scored three goals against Chelsea. So you can't just say that they're not going to be able to attack and score. You do need balance, and then you have to hope that those attacking players are are just good enough. You look at the Everton game. Why were United able to get back into it? It was the quality of Rashford and Bruno Fernandes that that really separated us from being able to score those goals. So I'd it, argue as well, Kieran, that actually Everton did, did they didn't really press us, did they? They sort no. of uh, they sort of played to it our hands and, and as press. They pressed yeah. a lot in the middle third, which yeah. opened them up and was expansive. So they weren't sitting back, which is, yeah. and that's pretty much how West Brom play. Also, they press a lot in the middle third. They're very defensively. They're similar to Everton. So I think, you know, McTominay and Fred did a really good job of hitting the spaces and making those incisive passes against Everton, which is why I think they might be the right way to go in this game too. Cause like those spaces will still be there. Yeah. It's, it's tricky because you see, you do see West Brom when they're playing. Look, I if if I was a United fan, don't get like really stuck up on what happens in the first kind of half an hour. You've seen some of their bigger games against Everton, Leicester, Tottenham. Um, to a certain like, you can use Chelsea because they didn't score till the second half. But in those big games, there wasn't a lot of chances for the opposition in the first half hour. So United are going to have to be solid within that first half an hour, 35 minutes, and then they have to become more expansive and they have to try and open up the gaps. I think early on they need to kind of they need to kind of see what West Brom are trying to do to them in the first couple of minutes, how they're trying to press. Are they trying to press up high with four, with three, or are they sitting a little bit deeper? I don't think they'll sit deep, but you're going to have to see that. The midfield is a tricky one. Um I do think that Fred and McTominay will play. But again, if you go with five of the back, if you have McTominay going back there, well, then maybe you see Fred by himself there. Maybe you see someone like Donny come in. I don't, I don't think Donny's going to start. I really don't. Sorry, I Mark. wouldn't be playing Pogba. No chance. No chance no. Donny starts. If he starts, Mark, I'll buy you. Don't do it. <laughs> he will start, mate. I was going to suggest that I'd start... Um, Van der Beek in the middle, VDB in the middle, and then Donny in the middle, um, and playing all three positions. No, for me, um, I really want to see. We haven't seen matches for a little while, um, and I and I, I really I feel that in a in a game like this, I know you're saying about the the Fred and McTominay could work. Well, a double pivot could work, but perhaps they're not good enough to progress. Uh, you know, progress the ball. But I feel that if we can play Matic um, as a single defensive midfielder to shore up the defence because we need a bit more going forward. Um, and then I would play um, Donny van der Beek, only on, on, on the pretense that Pogba's not, you know, he's had three games in six days, whatever it is. Also on the and... pretense that he could stay in position this time. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. And um, and I just I just feel that, um, I, I just feel that he's not going to start. I feel on, on, on club form at the moment, he's just not as good. Um, and perhaps personally, I'd be giving Bruno yeah. a rest. Look, I, I would be playing Pogba I and giving Bruno I, a rest. I've said it before. I don't think Pogba's been that great for for us. We've when you see him play, I just feel like there's that divide in the balance of the team. I've never been. I try and stay away from this big divide. I had this conversation with someone earlier that there's people that just want to criticize Pogba, and there's people that just want to make excuses for Pogba the truth is somewhere in the middle. Pogba hasn't performed to the level that he should be performing for Manchester United. You've seen the amount that he's come in for, that he's supposed to be one of the best players in the team. But tell me, has he ever had kind of a period of time that Bruno had coming into the team? I can't remember. You can probably... He's in a different position. Yeah, but what I'm saying is it's that quality of player that you've brought in. He had, for me... 
I don't see that when you watch him play, I don't think he has had that much of an impact on the game, especially this from the start of the season this year. I don't think this he's year he is not. Last year he had no. a big impact. Yeah, but Kieran, you can't, you can't reward players for past performance. It has to be what, what you're what doing. No, based on, based on this season, he has been terrible. But based yeah. on this, you know, Bruno was fantastic against Everton. He wasn't great in the games before that either. Like, well, yeah, but the difference is that because Bruno's further up the pitch, he's creating more chances for the team. He, so even if he's terrible, terrible but what he needs if to he do creates is stay one there. chance, you can score a goal and win. Pogba yes. doesn't but do he that needs enough. To stay there because yeah, and, too often he drops deep and. And then we don't have somebody there. Like, so this is where Ollie needs to figure something out is find the balance between giving Bruno that freedom, which he, you want Bruno to roam around the pitch and have an impact, but you also want him to be in and around the box because look, he took three touches in and around the box against Everton and all three ended up in the net, but he only took three touches there. Like you want him to be right outside the box, if not lurking in the box to be the max at his maximum effectiveness. Yeah, and that a lot of that does come to kind of what's behind as well. Because if Bruno's given, if he's given that freedom to do that, it means that you feel secure with what's behind him. But if you're not secure, well, then you're not going to give him that freedom, and that's a big problem. For me, I just don't like seeing when Pogba has to go back defensively because one, we already know he's suspect when he's making when he's tackling. The other thing is I just don't see that defensive work rate from because we hear and Deschamps said that, oh, he's a great defender. He can go back and tackle. Well, I saw that goal that France conceded Awful. and he didn't look like a good defender in that one. We've yeah, seen because, plenty of times for United. Goal, what I will say on that goal, though, I agree with you, it was bad. But on that goal, like it's it's typical, not saying you, a sort of typical United fan base anything to kick Pogba on. It was that goal. That goal was bad. Yeah, but but the, the problem the reaction that he had afterwards, he was, and it, you know, it's one thing if, because we have seen it at times, we have seen suspect defending from him where the reaction is he gives that cheeky smile. So if, if that was his reaction, that would be really bad. His reaction was he was angry. He knew he screwed up. And it's, it's like what Hader and I spoke about earlier this week. Like he is frustrated because he knows he's playing bad. He is putting in the work and then something like that happens. And it's just like, I'm putting in the work and I still just can't catch a break. And, and he's, he's just insanely frustrated. I get that. But I guess what I'm, what I'm saying is that it's one of those that you have to fix that problem. If you made a mistake, it's fine. Players make mistakes all the time. But you need to go and you need to start rectifying it and not make the same mistake over and over again. If you make the same mistake over and over again, a manager won't be able to trust you. If you're playing in that midfield three and we've seen there's not a lot of balance, if Ali can't trust Pogba to defensively know where he's supposed to be and make those important tackles, he's not going to play in the bigger games. And then really, what's the big benefit of having Pogba? Because he is one, if you look at the actual names that are on the team, he should be playing in those big games, but he's not playing well enough to actually deserve to play in those big games. And that's a big issue that United have. And that's why I hate a lot of these debates where it always comes down to people either criticizing him or saying how great he is, because really it's not one of those two extremes. It's in the, it's the truth in the middle. He's not as bad as people say, and he hasn't performed as well as people want to make it out. And I think the best thing to do is you sit back, you watch the game, you analyze how he played. When he played well, you say he was great in this aspect. When he plays poorly, you need to criticize that too. And that's it's just one of those things. For me, Paul Pogba is this kind of enigma figure for United. And it kind of we're we're gonna have to just analyze the whole season and see how it goes. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna bring you in. And then yeah, I, uh, I don't really want to talk about Pogba behavior because I did this on, on the happy hour the other day and uh, my tweet got brought up by Paulie and he absolutely smashed me on the numbers <laughs> once again. So I don't really want to go there. But, you know, we had a chat about it. I just think the whole thing with Pogba, I, I, it's the transfer fee as well, Hader. You know, the transfer fee has become a massive thing, especially at the time. Uh, it's just you know everybody I think expects a bit much from from players when they have a certain transfer fee above the head, and I think what some fans have got to realise is is the transfer fee is not really anything to do with the player at all. It's not it's not even a consequence of their ability so much these days. There's so much goes into a transfer fee, just, and then 
than just a player's ability, I think, unfortunately, these days. But also, as well, like we were talking about on the happy hour, my issue I have with a lot of the fan base at the moment is we're almost trying to degrade other players to make other players better, if you know what I mean. So we saw a clip, obviously, earlier in the week where some Pogba, you know, big Pogba fans were trying to obviously suggest that, you know, Bruno hasn't done anything spectacular, he hasn't been that great, just to try and make Pogba look better. And don't give them air don't give them yeah, air I know, but, what I'm is, but that's how a fan base I'm commenting on I just feel like yeah, and, and just don't it's say that you people out there that love Maguire and your people that you know if you want to take the focus off public you know people love Maguire and then there's other people that want to see two and play more or Lindelof or they prefer Lindelof it's just, end of day as a fan base we will always prefer some players more than others but I don't think it's fair criticise players just to project your favourite player, if you know what I mean. It's just, it doesn't seem fair. And, um, you know, th that's where I, I I am with it. And I just want to say quickly before I end, because I probably won't speak again to that, I do I thank everyone for watching and getting in touch. It's been brilliant. Some of you have took an absolute battering today with their thoughts. I think I feel like we've disagreed with them a lot, but uh, do keep watching and watch us again in the future. We're not always so cruel, but... Uh, yeah, absolutely. Watch yeah, the happy well tomorrow and I'll, I'll tear them a new one. Yeah, you'll tear me a new one. I'm always getting one torn at the moment, mate, to be oh, fair. Oh, God. Guys, too much information. Yeah, honestly, the comments have been fantastic. And uh, look, we want to hear different opinions. That's what it's all about. Mark, I'm going to let you say the final word before I say my final word and we wrap up. Yeah, I think um, it's been a series of unfortunate events for Pogba. I think that when I really looked at the goal for, against France the other day, um, he was off balance. It was one of those, I think we've all been there, we've been off balance trying to control it and we've fallen on our ass. And then it's just pinged in the wrong direction and and then obviously it's ended up in the net. Um, so I think it's just unfortunate. I think, you know, he, he didn't help himself the other day. If he hadn't have said those comments, I don't think everyone would be on him so much. Um, and I think he's not. He's really not helped himself. Do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I, 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 I can't, personally for me, at the moment, I think he needs a bit of time out. I think after his comments um, and the way that he's played for France, I, I just can't see him starting. And I, and I said this the other week as well, against Everton, Oli's biggest game for a long time, and and he doesn't start him. And I think that says it all, really. And I think that he, uh, that will probably continue this weekend. So... Um, yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, you can't call these things anymore. And as much as we'd like to think that we know a lot about what we're gonna, what they're gonna do, and who's gonna play, uh, I think that we could all be very surprised in lots of positions this weekend. Yeah, absolutely, guys. I'm gonna wrap up with Sean's comment here about Pogba. I think Pogba checks out a bit, like we blame De Gea for. I agree with a lot of what Kieran was saying, but Pogba has never had the type of free roll that Bruno's had only during Oli's interim period. That's what, that's the last thing I did want to say is during the interim period when you did play Pogba further forward, he was absolutely unbelievable. He was unplayable. So what I will say, though, is at the end of the day, what's made it harder for Pogba is that Bruno has come in and hit the ground running and 31 goals and assists in 33 games is, is mind-blowing. That is unreal for a midfielder. And unfortunately for Paul Pogba, you know, fans don't remember that Pogba's played most of his football much further back. So why are you trying to compare, you know, those sort of statistics? But unfortunately, that's what happens. What I will say is Paul Pogba does need to up his performances. He does need to stop saying the same things he says every international break because it doesn't help his cause. Also, the British media need to stop misinterpreting things because what he did say, actually, when well, myself and Paulie have actually broken that down, so make sure you do check that out. That's uh, the Hayden and Paulie show. We actually spent half an hour talking about the comments. We break them down um, exactly how what was actually said rather than what was jumped on. But at the end of the day, Paul Pogba, Mark's right. Kieran's right. You know, I, I protect Paul Pogba because I, I think the, it, there's more to it than just criticism. There's an underlying uh, hate there, which I don't like. But then on top of that, he is not performing. He does not deserve to be in this team. He's not an automatic starter. And that shows how far United have also come. Uh, over a year ago, we would have said, we can't play without Paul Pogba. But now he doesn't get into the side. Whether you agree with that or not is... Uh, you know, it, it is what it is, really. Guys, I'm going to come around quickly and ask for your predictions. Paulie, are you not winning on the weekend? All I can tell you is that, and I can guarantee you this, um, if they do win, Ali got his team selection right, and if they don't win, he got it drastically wrong. 
So you're just going to wait. And see That's what the narrative will be. You know, we'll be sitting here next week being like, oh, tactics were spot on. Or we're going to be sitting here being like, how could you do this? You knew that it was going to, you know, or all right, it didn't work out at, for the first 45 minutes. Why didn't you make a change at halftime? I mean, Darren's, Darren over here is right. It's going to be a lot tougher than you think they'll fight. I think they will. I'm Honestly, I'm not too sure. I think United will scrape it like 1-0, maybe 2-0. Do you uh, think Kieran, the way West Brom play plays into our hands? Yeah, I would say so. Kieran, what is your score prediction? I'm going to go with 3-1. I think... I think it could it could be tough. It, it always comes down to that kind of like I've mentioned the first half hour. I think if United score a goal in the first half and are winning at halftime, I think it'll be an easy enough or comfortable win. I might set us up quite well for the Champions League midweek. If we struggle early on in that first half, it's going to be a tough game. But I think three one is probably a decent enough score. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Paulie Cressel says, uh, have to score first. I do agree with him. Joe, what's your score prediction? Big fan of the show. Smart man. Is Joe, he? what's your score prediction, mate? In my opinion, yes. <laughs> I, I think I think United, it's, it's going to be just really interesting to see the team, really, to be honest. It's, it's a difficult one. I think on a few players, they're going to be playing eeny, meeny, miny, mo with, with regards to whether they start. And they're going to keep playing it until they get the answer they want, if you know what I mean. I think that's what's happening with Tellers at the moment. He seems to be doing so many tests. They're just doing testing until they get the right the, the result that they want to see, if you know what I mean. So I, I think, um, you know, I think United will do it. I think Kieran was spot on, like, top of the chair. I think an early goal in these games is so important because an early goal doesn't just change our confidence. It changes the way West Brom are going to play the game, you know, and how they have to approach it. So I think, and I do fancy United might get an early one for some reason. I'm not quite sure, but I also think they might keep clean sheet. I'm actually going to go for two nil. Oh, so Mark, last but not least, what are you? You're always a positive one. Are you not going to go and be four nil FC again? And are they going to try and string some results together like we need to? Otherwise, we'll be talking about all these position again. Um, you literally took the score line from my mouth. I think it's going to be four nil. If it isn't, you will have to wear a suit for your funeral next week. Uh, guys, thank you. <laughs> guys, thank you so much for all your comments. It's been really great. Uh, thank you for all the interaction. Make sure that you check out some of the few other ones. Paulie and Joe are returning again tomorrow for a live show at 5.30 p.m. Uh, that, is, uh, that is United Happy Hour. So they'll be talking about some of the biggest news. And make sure you check out the Hader and Paulie show. We discussed the Paul Popper comments. And myself and Kieran are back for the fantasy football show. Myself and Mark did a show yesterday called Just Another United Show with United Henry from the United Districts. So, so many, so much content coming out. We've got a live show as well after West Brom game with myself and Rob Blanchett. We're doing the Masterclass. We're going live again. So make sure you check out all the amazing content. We are a couple of subscribers away from 700. So if you're watching us on Periscope, jump over to YouTube, hit the subscribe button. And that would really, really help us because we've got an exciting giveaway. Thank you again, guys. And we'll see you all next time.